If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply felt discouraged or even defeated, if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then this podcast is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Kelly Bonhoff. Is, is that how I say your name? That is. That's great. Okay. With personal experience of abuse and sex trafficking in childhood and over 35 years of experience with countless generations of traumatized families as a registered nurse, marriage and family therapist, nationally certified trauma therapist, certified legal nurse consultant, and co-founder of Josephine's Clinic, a nonprofit serving those who have experienced human trafficking and violence. She discovered the key ingredient to healing trauma in children, adults, couples, and family, and is the author of the upcoming book, how exciting, Beyond Trauma <laughs> Drama cultivating the sacred nature of families to heal. Dr. Kelly brings a unique perspective gained from her personal, professional, and volunteer experiences to the authentic power each of us has within us to be the change that we see in this world. I wrote a song like that, be the change that we seek in this world based on Gandhi's statement. <laughs> so Dr. Kelly- yeah, wonderful. Sheds light on how traumatized families bring their unique gifts, wisdom, strength, courage, and resilience to help heal themselves and humanity. Welcome, Dr. Kelly. Thank you, Carissa. It's a joy to be here. Oh, wonderful. So I wanted to explore a question. What is trauma drama? I'm and glad you asked that. <laughs> That's your book, book title. So, and, and do you believe we can be free of it? So that's the follow-up question. I do. And I think there, um, in my lifetime so far, there's been a lot of confusion. I think about what is trauma. And I think, um, as trauma is something we're experiencing in the world right now, what I have finally realized for myself in this discovery is that trauma drama is actually a human stress response, and it provides this insight into this balance between our mind, our body, and our spirit as individuals and couples and families, communities, and the world. So what's happening right now? Well, the trauma um, when we were young, if it happened when we were little, actually trauma is the experience, no matter when we experience it, it's a wound that shakes the integrity of our mind, our body, and our spirit to remain in balance. And so when trauma touches our life, what I discovered through a spontaneous spiritual awakening, awakening last March is that it's that wound to the integrity of that balance that um, our human nature experiences. The drama are these repeating patterns in our family. So I call it the, it's an acronym. It's the dynamic replay of adversity, which manifests anguish, 
So in all my experience, we just keep keeping these patterns that are echoing uh, through our families. And what I experienced was I had no idea in my childhood that I was on something called the merry-go-round of survival. So if we don't know that we are um, keeping secrets, having silence about those secrets, holding shame about ourselves, if we are keeping our shadows down, shadows are those feelings we have about ourselves, like we feel guilty or we feel angry or we feel hurt, then we have a tendency to push those down and try and keep those down. We also maintain this status quo. So for me, conflict in my family was very dangerous. So I learned not to have conflict, to be the peacekeeper. Um, then we've got sabotage, which I notice um, in individuals and families, we kind of sabotage any progress that we're making. Um, and then of course we have suffering. And so and when we are on this merry-go-round, if we don't know that we are on the merry-go-round of survival, then it's very difficult then to begin to notice or be curious about how to restore our sacred nature, that balance. So trauma drama, what I would say is the human stress response that we're having that we are highly addicted to. That's the other thing. Trauma drama is more addictive than any known substance on the face of this earth. And once we realize we're in this particular phenomenon, then we can begin making some decisions about whether we would like to or prefer to transform that merry-go-round of survival to one of spirit. And so the merry-go-round of spirit is very different. It is that beautiful um, sovereignty and serenity and its spaciousness and its uh, sharing and its spontaneity. And um, so it's the transforming of the merry-go-round um, that will allow our families to heal and for us to heal. Um, and so that's kind of the overview of what I discovered. Wow. That's amazing. So you touched on so many things and I wanted to go deeper into how trauma can be addictive. Yes. So what happened was long, long ago when our ancestors first um, began experiencing the earth, um, trauma or the experience of this imbalance, you know, we had to survive. And so once our human nature went into that survival mode and over the course of millennia, what happened was we lost touch with the language around our spirit, around our soul, around our sacred nature. And what we have noticed so far, so I believe that humanity actually is not broken, that we are becoming the greatest expression of love we have ever known. And the events of the world, as we are experiencing them in the 21st century is, and the changes in the energy around our earth is allowing us now the opportunity to restore. But trauma drama, when you look at this echo that we notice in families, so the echo is the violence, the echo is the adverse childhood experiences, the disease states that we're in, in our mind and our body. These are just symptoms of trauma drama. And if you notice the patterns in families that just keep echoing um, the themes of trauma drama, we just 
are so addicted to those patterns and the way we feel that you notice it in our movies, you notice it in music, you notice it, we just reinforce all of that around of us. Yeah. So the internet, the social media. So just like sugar or just like any other gambling or just like any other kind of addiction, heroin, um, what we learn, our bodies learn that we need that hit. We need Ah. to keep that familiar balance of trauma drama. Why? Because our ego, our human nature is saying, I am not going to be able to keep it together. I'm not going to be able to understand how I think, how I feel, what I do, what I say, unless I'm in this space. And so that's that aha. That is the, so the, the spiritual awakening last March, what happened was I had a vision and the vision was the healed Uh, So moving ourselves and our families from traumatization to harmonization. So I was given this beautiful gift of the world healed from traumatization or this trauma drama or this addiction to trauma drama, because it is a survival coping mechanism at the level of the world. Mm. And so if we can see that, see it through that lens and uh, just consider the possibility of that resonating as truth for whoever can hear that, then we will move then in the direction of that beautiful energy of the rebalance and the restoration of mind, body, spirit, and that those vibrational energies will begin uh, and already have begun. I, I truly believe and know in my soul space that we are just turning into the divine timeline of healing for, for our families. And I wanted the message to be one of hope to be one of transformation because traumatized families, um, my understanding and what I've gone through in my own life and my own awakening is the six of us in my family of origin chose to come here at this time. Um, Not all of us have awakened, but we certainly said, let's give it our best. Let's give it a try to see if what our family's vibration can do to help heal the world. And I believe in my heart, every family, every uh, superpower that those that our traumatized families have, that traumatized families have are ready to be awakened. And I, that's what this book is about. It's about bringing a different vibration, a different message, a different frequency to this new way of looking at trauma drama, which is just an opportunity to heal. Hmm. That's interesting. And do you find along with that, that people get entangled in those feelings and also their identity may be associated with that? Maybe they get attention from other family. I don't know, or friends, if they go to them, I don't know. Or some people might hide it all like, like you did. Maybe. Oh, we do. We do hide it because that's how we survive. And we hide it also because of the shame is one of the most difficult emotions in Mm. our human nature to explore. I will say it is, we can heal it. So I had someone ask me, well, how do you know that trauma drama has touched someone's life or the life of their family? And the first thing I say is, oh, we know that immediately when we feel unlovable unworthy or not enough. Mm. All that means is that trauma drama has touched our lives and created an opening for us to believe 
in that. And we know immediately then we are out of balance with our sacred nature because our sacred nature absolutely is beautiful, vast, loving, right? So I know immediately when there's an imbalance, um, now I understand what I was seeing in my own life or experiencing my life in the lives of the children and Trump and the traumatized families over the last 35 years. I can clearly see what is happening. There is the quantum entanglement. There is the attachment to the identity of, and in my own life, being a mother, the best mother, the best worker, the best daughter, the best uh, wife, the best, just fill in the blank. And um, I was attached to that egoic identity. Why? Because I had no idea there was another way of seeing mm. my experience. And that is, that is the biggest opportunity I think the world has right now is if we can see it from this new perspective as a human nature, see, these are natural responses from a human perspective to unnatural events, situations, and circumstances. So we are very um, strong and courageous and resilient, actually, in the face of those circumstances. So our sacred nature, when, when restored, um, is able to then bring that balance, open up our energy centers, bring healing back online. And then we are able to hold a state of beingness that is love. See, I think love is a state of being. Um, not necessarily a state of doing mm. or seeing. Wow. As a mom, it's like hard to comprehend that, you know, I know. like, I <laughs> like, get it. I get it. I've raised two children into their thirties and I have granddaughters now. And I have to tell you that in real time right now, Carissa, um, the book is being written in real time because we are in the process of healing four generations of my own family now that I understand more about um, the balance um, that can be restored between our human and sacred natures. Yeah, that's beautiful. And do you think, well, it's kind of interesting because like with the trauma, it's, it's almost like everyone might have it. I kind of feel like everyone might have it, even if they didn't necessarily experience something that society would say you were traumatized, but that they might be carrying, um, generational trauma or trauma from all women. You know, I, I what do you think about that? Like a collective trauma experience? Oh. Yeah, great insight. So, so what I will say to you is that every man, woman, and child, and Gaia herself has, based on the definition that I understand that resonates true for me, which is trauma being an experience, experience that wins the integrity of our mind, body, spirit to be in balance, then every man, woman, child, and Gaia, we're, we're, we're all out of balance. There is a collective mind, a collective body, and a collective spirit. And right now, the collective human mind is experiencing trauma drama. Yeah. And, 
And so the collective human bodies were all the disease states, the whatever, and all that, the collective shadows, the, the violence, the hurt, the harm, the, these are just um, opportunities. Our human nature is just trying to hold on to its human ego collectively. Mm. So yes, I think the reason why we're experiencing so much sadness in our world, which are those of us who who need to run energy to heal energy from past are very sad for those who are in future. In other words, worried about what's about to happen next, that's anxiety. So we have past and we have future. So what we're trying to do is get us into present moment of now. So that allows us not to really, there's no past and there's no future. There's just now. And now I am in balance. And so what we're trying to do is just help humanity um, to make the next turn towards the greatest expression of love collectively we've ever known. So as above, so below, but also microcosm, individual to macrocosm, humanity, which is why we are one sacred family. Wow. That is so profound. So this was only a year ago that you had this awakening, like, okay, how did this happen? Were you meditating or (laughs) what, what was your experience? Well, it's interesting. Yeah. So I had spent, you know, 56 years just trying to survive my own journey and, um, and to help people because I was, so I, I, uh, explain this as I was a little bit of inspector gadget, curious, George and Pac-Man on crack. I wanted to know <laughs> the answer to the question, why are children being hurt by those who are meant to love them and keep them safe? <laughs> and I was determined to find the answer to that mm. as the, COVID-19 pandemic occurred, I, I was serving as an essential worker. So I was moving around quite a bit in the community, still going into foster homes, still trying to manage things. And I came to that dark night of the soul. And I was so physically and emotionally overwhelmed by then that my it life had been worked. like a year. Well, it had been, yeah, a couple, kind of a couple of years kind Mm -hmm. of up to that point, but I had been holding on even with 35 years of therapy, medication, so on and so forth. I hit the dark night of the soul so hard that I was very, very sick. And Mm -hmm. I, my life force chi was so low and I didn't even know these words or any of this that I, I just didn't know if I wanted to live. And I think that that was a fair statement. And so I went and I went to acupuncture. I had been in Reiki healing and I had um, gone to see a shaman. I was, I was looking into alternative ways to heal. And what happened in acupuncture is it opened all the meridians in my body. And, and when that happened, I could feel the shift and I, I took a nap. And when I took a nap, I had uh, the awakening and I was able to move through, um, and understand quite a bit. I felt intense love that I can't describe. And when I woke up, I went into about a healing crisis for about 12 days. And and it, it was just as if all of that hurt, all of that energetic 
stuff had to move somewhere. And when it moved, it moved quickly. Mm -hmm. And then I began having the dreams and the visions and the downloads of the information I'm sharing with you today. Wow. It's almost like you had a near death experience and you were living. (laughs) It was, it did feel that way. And I had had a near death experience years earlier. I had had broken my neck and, um, and that didn't awaken me. It was in its own right. It did shake me up, but I went back into my kind of unconscious survival Mm -hmm. mode. Mm -hmm. It wasn't enough, but last March, it was as if my soul said, now's, t- now's the time. Yeah. And, and so that's what, that's what happened. That's what emerged. And I've been trying to get my bearings ever since I've read hundreds of books and then just trying to understand spirit, spirituality, what mm-hmm. my experience was, and then trying to make sense of it as I'm downloading so much information about, wow. um, about trauma about mm-hmm. families about so it made more sense my human experience made more sense I see um, and and now I can I have deep understanding of um, hurt to this level of trauma yeah that's interesting can you share specifically what dis-ease showed up in your body that made you seek out this acupuncturist and alternative healing. And, and it was that normal for you to seek out alternative healing or were you a traditional medicine girl? Well, I'm a nurse and yeah. a marriage and family therapist. So trained in the sciences, right. In the five senses. And so, uh, no, uh, the, the, um, the energy healing and all of those things. I, I went into on faith just to see what would work. But what I was experiencing and had experienced for over 30 years was high blood pressure, high cholesterol, complex PTSD, major depression, metabolic disorder, kidney stones, multiple pneumonia, um, just all kinds of things. And I was on 12 prescription medications, sciatica. I was addicted to opioids and alcohol. And last fall. So seven months later with all of the alternative healing on deck and transitioning, tapering off all my medications, I can tell you that all of those have resolved. I have none of those disease states and I am on no medication. Wow. That's like making me cry. I'm so happy for you. That is just incredible. And you are such an example for all those who have ailments that, and you can give them hope that they can heal spontaneously. Yes. And so, so then did some of these symptoms start to increase. Like once you open up the meridians and think things that were dormant were coming to the surface, they were ferocious. It was terrifying in some ways. Had I not had the healing team around me that I did to help me understand what was happening, um, that my body, mind, and spirit were just trying to purify, detoxify, but, you know, I had, I had not understood that all of the, since I was a little girl, um, my role was to keep my mother healthy, my siblings safe and my father happy, but my empathic nature, my sensitive nature 
that I was born with, see, I had all of that wide open. So I was any child, any family, I was pulling their agony in mm. to my body. And I did not realize that that's what I was doing. Those families told me something's happening. I feel so much better. Uh, adults, children, whatever, no matter how oh, much time I spent with them, no. I, could pull, I could pull their anguish from them. But I did not know that that's what I was doing. I had no idea that I had that gift. And it's only now that I understand that I do. And so that I believe there are many empathic children who are receiving um, pathologizing labels and medications that are actually sensitive children who still are attuned to their sacred nature that are trying to navigate the survival of themselves within families who just don't understand that they are sacred beings having a human experience. And so I'm looking forward to working with traditional medicine and nursing and psychology to bring balance to uh, some of the ways that we're treating what we believe are traumatized children they, and, and teens and adults and families. Once we bring the mind, body, spirit in and we know and we say, well, trauma drama is just telling us there's just an imbalance. How do we bring sacred nature? How do we restore sacred nature into people, children and families? We can do it. We will do it. And we have done it in the sense that I've seen the vision, I know we will hear, we will heal. Um, traumatized families don't believe they can heal. They're too hurt to heal. That is a limiting belief and it is untrue. And we mm. just need to get the message out that they're actually rock stars <laughs> and they just need a different way of seeing their experience. Mm. And when you were growing up, how did that trauma show up for you? Was it emotional, physical? Was it to your siblings? Like, did you witness it? How was it? It was all of that. So um, I was kind of moved into a cyclone of early adulthood very, very quickly. I'm the oldest of four children. And my earliest memories are of my mother unconscious, um, my father drunk, um, violence, just trying to take care of what I call my children, the three younger siblings. Um, and then I was swept up into trafficking at the age of 10. And how did that uh, happen? Was that from had, a family member? Yeah. Well, I call, I call this kind of, uh, when children are vulnerable in their families, we have a vibration of vulnerability. I call it the vibe of vulnerability. Mm. And for those who are holding their own vibration or a running energy of, of historical hurt um, and, mm. and harm that they can actually You're letting out it harm emitting. others. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, and so I some see. of us, when we're hurt, so what happened is a kind of trafficking in, you know, in the 1970s, we didn't have the laws or any of that, but even if we had had that, um, the phenomena of trafficking or sexual abuse in childhood is one of great secrecy. Mm. And especially so at I that time over to my, my, yeah, my closest friends overnight, overnight, it was an overnight where it happened. Yeah. So just, you know, a young girl in Texas, heading to her friend's house for a sleepover and her older brother and his friends 
um, had other ideas. And so for the, for myself, my friend and another little girl that was there, we were caught in the force and coercion fraud being they cared about us, or they said they loved us or whatever yeah. that was. And when it happened the very first time was when we were caught in the net and, and see I, my archetype is to protect. And so all anyone ever had to threaten me with was the hurting of the siblings that I loved or my friends, or if someone threatened to hurt my mother, mm-hmm. there, it didn't matter what happened to me. Honestly, I was pretty much dissociative and locked down, but I would not stand for others to be hurt. And they knew that, and that's what they utilized. Now, today, what I know is they, those who harm are also wounded. They are also spark of creation. And so the way I was able to navigate what has, what happened in childhood with parents or with these uh, young men Mm -hmm. who harmed was to connect to their spark of creation, to know we are all sacred, not to, not, not to um, excuse, but to explain and yeah, that have some to understanding, to forgive, have understanding. to yeah. have compassion. Mm-hmm. And so that allowed a great, it, it really did help restore that balance then between my human and sacred nature. And I'm, and I'm still learning to integrate and balance that in every moment. Yeah, that is so healing and incredible. And do you believe part of your journey? So recognizing that having empathy and compassion for them can be a way that we can be free of that trauma. It is the gateway. I believe it is the greatest gateway. And, um, the other thing that I learned was something about self-forgiveness. And I know that those people who have been through similar circumstances to my own, that they may say something like, well, what do I have to forgive myself for? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this happened to me. Well, those are, those are important things to notice and, and, and to be curious about, but here's what I needed forgiveness for, for myself. When I have had, and I'm sure I will, because I'm human as well, unkind thoughts, unkind words, unkind feelings, or unkind actions toward myself or others, forgiving myself, noticing that as part of my human nature also helped me to heal. So it was a two-step process. One, to notice those things in myself and to forgive and to be, have compassion for me when they occur. And then also for others. Mm. That's, that's really profound. And, and I just want to share a little bit. I don't want to go too deep into it, but, um, it's just kind of interesting. I find some parallels, not as deep as you, but in 2020, right before COVID in February, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer and, and part of it, I realized through my healing was sexual trauma, rape and abuse when I was really young. And then even a little bit older, Um, and it was like, kind of like that thing you were saying about, like you vibrate at like this level and you attract more of it. 
And so, um, you know, so there is that self-forgiveness because there is a part of you that kind of knows that there's something about you that made them want to do this to you. And it's not like it's how you dress or how you are, but it's your emanation. Like I believe from the third eye, you send a message that's a match to another person and maybe, and now this is getting deeper spiritually, maybe in a past life, you were the person doing this to them, you know? And it's like, realizing that, yeah, I'm just getting a chill right now from that truth. And, um, so, so anyways, I had the, some of the healing that I had to do was I had repressed it. Like you said, like you said, you know, I was like, oh, I'm not part of this me too movement and everything. And I'm, I'm not a victim and all this because part of me just didn't want to associate with, like, I saw that type of person. I'm not like this weak victim person, you know, but it was so important for me to recognize that. And I also, what I did was I kind of went back to that time of the abuse. And I don't think it's good to like repeat that stuff, but I did think it was important for me because I repressed it for so long because my dad didn't believe me or he just dismissed it. And then, and then when I went through that healing and talking to a psychologist, I was able to connect to their spirit because I kind of believe that some of their energy was still in me. Yes. And, and releasing that and setting that free was a big part of my physical healing. And and now I don't have cancer, but that's not all of the reason why I don't have cancer. You know, you have that spontaneous healing. I, I went through like a longer journey of healing and nutrition and all these other things. But, but I just wanted to bring up that point because I feel like it kind of relates to what you're saying. Yeah. And I think what I learned too, through, through the shamanic healing was that I had had soul loss because there was so much trauma that was coming through that. That's the other thing that happened was some parts of our soul may have to go take a minute because it's too overwhelming. Oh, can you talk about that soul loss? Because I don't know about that. Yeah. So what I discovered was I, I really hadn't really felt like I belonged on the earth in the first place. Um, but, but I knew I was meant to be here, but, but there was a part of me missing. So it was a little bit more than just the mind, body, spirit needed to be restored. It was part of my soul spirit were in other realms had taken off at certain ages, depending on what the trauma was. It was too hard on its beautiful soul self, if you will. Oh, so there's a soul in the body. Does the soul leave the body then? Yeah, part of the soul, part of the energy of that being leaves. And and I had three parts of different ages that were in different places that the shaman through spirit guides were able to discuss coming back because the 10-year-old who had been most trauma or had had her trauma had no trust in me as the adult to adult her or that part. And it took some negotiation to get that part of my soul back into my being. And then she learned to trust me over time that I understood how sacred she was. And she didn't didn't understand what her journey was like. Um, and, and it was just very hard. So there is not just the restoring of mind, body, spirit, but I believe 
and through shamanic healing and other uh, discoveries that I made for me, that may not be the case for everyone. But soul loss certainly isn't something that I learned in school or had a, a <laughs> That's for sure. or was like, psychologist or anything. Had anywhere. no idea, right? Didn't even come into the, to the room. To but a lot discussed. of healers don't talk about it either. I know, I know. And I think that's another part of the book that will, in talking about the journey I had was just to just explore and discover, be your own detective, be your own someone that is like, well, what is this about? Just go inside and ask. And then through synchronicity and signs, actually that shaman, who knows a shaman in Ohio, who can even find one? Well, guess what? She was brought to me. I asked for help and healing. And then there she was. And so I just, went with it into the flow of it. So it, it was a huge part of the, of the journey of restoration between mind, body, spirit. And uh, now I feel that my whole sacred nature, my soul, my spirit, spirit guides are completely with me. Mm-hmm. No one's missing. No part of my vibration is missing now. That's amazing. So mm-hmm. is it a, is a, a little bit like inner child work where you're connecting at the time that you lost your soul? So like, um, like 10 you're so you check connecting with that child at that age and then bringing them back. Yeah. Yes. And I think there is something about the sacred witness and honoring of the experience. So yes, you know, in talk therapy or trauma or the nervous system, you know, there's a hundred ways to approach it. But I believe that bringing the sacred nature into the conversation to go in as a sacred witness to that part of the inner child, that, that child's Uh perspective allows the spaciousness of love to hold the memory to hold, if you can remember, because dissociation is a powerful coping mechanism Mm -hmm. and you don't even have to have the full memory. And I really haven't recovered my full memories of anything. What I have recovered is is the feeling of love. Mm -hmm. There's an, by the way, I believe there is an intelligence around dissociation. There's an intelligence around denial and coping to help us survive. And we don't have to remember all we're doing is trying to restore that, the feeling. So there's a chapter in the book that says to feel or not to feel that is the question because there is so much scary around feeling and we learn not to feel because we needed to survive. So how do you open up the field of feeling safely? And that's what we do. We honor the feeling around the experience and then help that inner child and or soul, part of the soul to be restored in an honoring maneuver, not a tell me everything, you know, and I need you to feel it all to get it ready. And you know, whatever, because that's very disorienting and scary. Let's go to the spaciousness side. Let's go to the present side. Let's just ask what that part needs, give them whatever that is, and then let go. So the childlike wonder for me, I'm 58 now, And I'm just now experiencing the childlike wonder and the joy that I never believed I could have. And that's why I believe the gift of creativity and the writing of this book has been given to me as the gift that it is. It's a sacred experience for me. Mm, That's amazing. So how has your book been uh, received? Well, for the parts that have been written that are getting out a little bit in there, Um, what I hear people say is 
they they want to see it they can't wait to see it and they're excited about what's going on and what's coming through carissa which is interesting are cartoons and illustrations oh could that be like a teen or a teen or children's version yeah so what's been coming through lately is um because i've been with and and just have held so many children uh the next book i haven't even finished this one but the next book that came was the light in their eyes cultivating Mm -hmm. the sacred nature of children to heal because what i noticed is that sacred nature or what we call the light in a child's eyes for those who've been touched by trauma drama so young they may have even been created in trauma gestated in trauma mom was trauma you know stressed and then born into trauma, what I've noticed is the light in our children's eyes. There's, they're sacred beings, but to try and hold on in a world of human right now, what I noticed is the light in their eyes dims between the ages of five and six. Mm. And I would love to begin a new way of uh, expressing ways, cultivating ways to maintain the light in our children's eyes from the time of conception, and then restore the light in our own eyes for those of us who have had those experiences. Yeah, that's interesting. I've heard uh, a healer talking about this with a different perspective as like when an abuser sees this, this child or person, they see their brightness, they see, and they want to merge with that and feel enlightened that way. I mean, it's really twisted, but, but it's just kind of interesting because they are maybe more enlightened, you know, the people that have been abused or more spiritually connected. And maybe people can feel that. So what I would say about um, those who are labeled in our society as abusers, victimizers, perpetrators, mm-hmm. they are responding naturally to unnatural circumstances that they have also lived through. And they are unconsciously and subconsciously trying to restore their own sacred nature. They just happen to be doing it through harm. So oh, I get it. I get it. You, you totally can you hear that connected me? Can yeah. you, does that resonate with yeah. what? So mm-hmm. their soul journey, soul contract, soul, whatever, just as we may have. So I have a bully, a terrorist. I have an unkind part. So the spectrum of emotion, our souls are sponges. So we're trying to experience the entire spectrum of humanity's experience and humanity's emotion. The other thing is, it's been my experience with my family of origin that we took on the thoughts and words and feelings and actions that were necessary to help each other evolve. Some of us harmed, some of us were harmed. However, all six of us are sacred and we're just trying to remember that we are. So they were mirrors for me. They are my greatest teacher. And I honor as difficult as this journey has been. I prefer to notice the sacredness and the sacred contract 
that they made with me to have the journey. That's how I choose to see it. Mm. It's so amazing that you can articulate this into words. (laughs) (laughs) Now that people have said to me too, they say, the way you speak or your vibration, or there's something we've just never heard it this way, or I've never understood it this way. You're simplifying very abstract spiritual mm-hmm. understanding Absolutely. and about five sentences. And I've had people say, did you know you were doing that? Did you realize that you're bringing kind of a lot of stuff down here where conceptually we can get to it because that human beings are conceptual. Yeah. yeah. And I said, of- yeah, I guess I didn't realize I was. So yeah. I appreciate that you're saying that. But that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the vibe now that I'm in. And yes. I couldn't be more grateful. Well, because you're more spiritual than like some healers and leaders and like, you know, leaders of church, like you just <laughs> blew me away today. Like you are so enlightened. I'm just like, ugh you are totally awake. I mean, you are so awake. It's like, ah, amazing. Just to hear you to be in your presence. It's like, what a teacher you are. And, uh, it's been such a pleasure connecting with you and learning about how you heal trauma. I had about like 12 other questions, you know, (laughs) that I didn't get to to come back. I'm happy to come back anytime. Oh, oh, thank you. Well, you know, it's just profound. Like, I feel like I can say one thing and I'm just like, whoa, that's it. Oh my gosh. So I'll put your website and how to buy your book. Okay. What's the release date? Okay. So the release date is set for September 30th. And, um, what I'm noticing is because the generations of my own family are healing in real time right now, I believe some of that wisdom is to, is meant to be in the book. And so it's unfolding in the now. Yes. So we'll see it together. I have, that's the beauty of this. I have no idea in the end what it, what it will look like, but I honor the creativity and the journey and the joy to, to, to be in this space for me is a miracle. Yeah, absolutely. So well, much love to you on your journey and much success. Let's hope it's a bestseller to get your message out there. All right. Well, have a blessed day. Thank you so much, Carissa. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Zen Success. I would love to get your feedback at zensuccesspodcast.com on what topics you'd be most interested in and what Zen Success is to you. Thanks for listening.